0: get this onto youtube okay y'all first world problems here we go um no my name is amia freeman for those of y'all that don't know me um and i am here with my co-laborer in this work of ministry Raina floyd and we are the faces and the voices behind the work of momentum focus Um, And I laughed and said first world problems because we couldn't get technology to work in our favor. And then at the last minute, I discovered that while I'm recording this, my husband's also doing a Bible study on Zoom with a bunch of men in the other room and they're all loud, bless it. (laughs) So nonetheless, um, which kind of feels like that's kind of why we're here is to um, really just kind of talk about how God calls us into different spaces and different seasons um, and what that looks like and um, so tonight is going to be the kickoff of a series of conversations and discussions about you walking in the fullness of who God called you to be. Um, why he called you to be who you are, where you are in the year that you're there. Um, and how we get to respond to that. Uh, before we dive completely in, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then I'll do a little more introduction of me for those of y'all that don't fully know me and then I'll let Reina introduce herself so let's pray before we dive in. So God, we just thank you for this space, um, for us to be able to talk about your word, to talk about what that looks like in our leadership, whether it be personal leadership or in the respective industry and spaces you've called us to serve, um, to really just kind of clear our heads and our hearts and even our hands of anything that's not helping us to become more like who you called us to be and it's not drawing us closer to you. Um, we just ask that technology would work in our favor and that the discussion would be rich with wisdom, understanding um, your heart for justice, mercy and love. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So, for those of y'all that don't know me, my name is Amir Freeman. Um, I am a wife and a mother and a fitness instructor. and full-time fitness wellness professional. Um, I get to teach general population and active aging seniors, as well as Parkinson's, dementia, and Alzheimer's. Um, and I am, also, I am also a wellness educator and um, ministry certification leader for Revelation Wellness. And I think that's about it. And I, I love music. You say about it like you just said. Yeah, I love music and I love to be with the people that I love. And earlier, just before we signed on, I was thinking about if I could name this current season of my life, it would be the Alabaster Box season. Um, that just came to me like out of my gut. And, I, and it almost like triggered the ugly cry because I was like, whoa, God, that's not really what I would have named it. But he was like, yeah, that's what that is. So I'm just gonna camp in that for a little bit. And I know that tonight's discussion will probably reveal some more. So Raina, go ahead and introduce yourself and then we will dive into tonight's content.
1: Okay, um, I'm a mom of three boys um 16 and the other two turned out month. And I'm a high school math teacher. I've been teaching years this year, both middle school. And um I am a former fitness instructor. I lived in 2018. And um I've been feeling this little Take it back up, um, but I don't. Know what it looks like in this particular season of my life. Um, also a revolution wellness doctor, but it's something I just hold on and use in my everyday life. It's ministering to people. Um, I also love music and music. and um, this current season of my life, I'm actively involved in community on a regular basis and i think i might like run because i started running last week in all sorts of joyous
0: so i thought of you yesterday because i decided to go work out in the gym which is a rare thing for me because i'm more of a group fitness person Um, But I decided, okay, I need to go move my body because some stuff felt like it was stuck. So I went in the gym and I literally, I stood there like I didn't have a clue what to do with any of the machines or the weights or I stood there like, what do I do first? And I literally had to like remind myself like, you know what you're doing. So I got on the elliptical and I was like, I'm just going to turn on some good music. And I thought of you because I turned on one of my dance class playlists and the beat was just too good to like casually move that elliptical. And I found myself like when the beat dropped, I was moving a little bit quicker, you know what I mean? And there were a couple of people walking by kind of looking like, is she? on an elliptical or is she having a Zumba class on the elliptical? And I was basically having a Zumba class on the elliptical, but it was good stuff. It's good stuff and it reminded me that- Good stuff. Yeah, it reminded me that I actually like to move like that. So, okay. um, So tonight y'all, we are going to begin a series that I was introduced to Couple of years ago, I want to say like 2018 or 2019, by an organization called Grit and Virtue, um, and Grit and Virtue is their goal is to really help women understand who they are in Christ and have raw conversations, like unfiltered conversations about the things that can feel heavy or scary. Um, or potential create an avoidance um, of stepping in our full identity so over um the rest of the year we sat down with the curriculum from grit and virtue to really figure out how could we help other women step into that identity with not without overwhelming them with content right because like the noise on social media the content can become overwhelming that we don't know where to go and what to do with it so we narrowed this down where each quarter we're going to present a different topic within um the grit and virtue curriculum which happens to be called no empty words um if you know me you know that i love words and the word words that god gave me for 2023 for this work in momentum focus is grace grit and gratitude Um, he said always give yourself grace and begin with a heart of grace Um, it's going to require a little bit of grit because iron sharpens iron uh, we bump up against sandpaper people, which smooth out the rough spots in us. Sometimes we're the sandpaper, um, and if and if we're gonna get any kind of work done, we have to be willing to let it get gritty. It's not always gonna be smooth, right? The grit. If you know the story of the oyster and the pearl, it's the grit that causes the pearl to become what it is. It's the grit that causes the diamond to become what it is. Um, it's the grit. That that smooths out the splinters in the grain of wood um and then he said always walk away from every situation with gratitude knowing that our good gracious father has already mapped out our lives Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is probably the most overused and well-known scripture in the regard of who am I What's the plan that God has for my life and how can I walk this out? But what we often forget is the back end of that scripture that says He God's know, God knows your your future. He's got it mapped out, right? A hope and a future. But he says, But I also need your whole heart. When you approach me with your whole heart, then like then you'll be free to walk in that. And it's not that his plans for our future and hope. contingent on us giving him our whole heart but what it is true of is that if we're not willing to give him our whole heart we could block the blessing of the future hope right or the hope and the future so that's why we're here Um, for this month's session um, it is called awake and arise and we pull this directly from the scripture in Joshua one nine um, that simply says, I've commanded you, haven't I, to be strong and courageous. Don't be fearful or discouraged because the Lord is with you wherever you go. I wanna give you a couple other scriptures to consider as we dive into the conversation. These are not in the curriculum, but they're scriptures that I've been reading over the last couple of weeks as I've been asking God, um, how do I walk into my identity, even in the spaces where I feel like, but I've already done that work, God. Um, and so a couple of weeks ago, he said to me, be willing to break fallow ground. And so I looked that up because I knew it was scriptural, but I, did, I wasn't really sure where to find it. Um, and I found it in Hosea 10, And then also in Jeremiah four, verse three, so Hosea 10, 12 specifically, but I would say read the whole, the whole chapter so you can understand the context of it. And then Jeremiah four, specifically verse three, Hosea 10 says, so righteousness for yourself, and reap faithful love, break up your fallowed or unplowed ground. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and sends righteousness on you like the rain. Jeremiah 4.3 says, break up the unplowed ground, do not sow among the thorns. So these two books, these two verses like bookends on on each end of Joshua made me really recognize that like while God has promised us to not be fearful, to not be discouraged, that he is with us wherever we go, he's also required that we do some work. So I looked up the fallow ground and he said, uh, what, what it explained was that the fallow ground is this ground that's been tended to, it's been, so, seeds have been sown, it's been watered, there's a harvest, but it's overgrown with weeds and thorns. But the, the keeper of the soil knows, if I take care of it, I can remove the thorns without damaging the harvest, but we can't remove the weeds without the help of the Holy Spirit because we could potentially rip out what was supposed to be wheat, what was supposed to be our harvest. So it requires that we do this work with the Lord and then with a community of people who are going to call us up into what God has promised of us not call us out. Right. So I'm going to pause there and see if Raina has anything to offer before we keep going. I just,
1: good. I wish that I had my hands. I wasn't having to hold my phone because I wanted to write all. I will be able to come back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good scripture
0: from Yeah, I have there's a couple others that I've tossed in there that I'm going to give y'all just for study work, because, again, these are not not, recording. Sorry, 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 that's all right. Um, So, again, this these are scriptures that like, you know how. Well, maybe you don't, but so if I'm studying a verse and I want to know more about it, I'll ask God to show me where else in His Word He confirms it because He will the Old Testament is confirmed in the New Testament, and the New Testament will affirm the Old Testament because Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with it, I came to fulfill it, right? Um, and so. Um the first scripture that I have for you is 2 Samuel 718. Um, now come back to that one. And then Psalm 25, Luke 12, Romans 12. Matthew six, twenty-seven through twenty-nine Isaiah twenty six three and Habakkuk two two. All right, so we're I'm gonna come right back to our study again. So Um, Okay, before we get into the deep conversations, um, let's consider a bit of the context with this particular study. All right, here's your question. Imagine for just a moment, you believed everything that God says about who you are and why he created you. Just imagine that for a moment. How would your attitude your posture, and your approach change. Imagine for just a moment that you believed everything that God says about who he created you to be. So I'm going to come back to 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel. Let me put on my glasses because I want to make sure I'm reading correctly. So 2 Samuel, it was uh, 2 Samuel 7 verse 18, it says, at the heading of this particular verse, it says, this is David's prayer of thanksgiving then King David went in sat in the Lord's presence and said, who am I Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far. What have you done so far, what you have done so far was a little thing to you Lord God for you have also spoken about your servants house in the distant future. And this is a revelation for mankind, Lord God. So I wanted to offer you that one for the simple fact that like this is a king coming to thank God for who he is and how he created him. Now circle forward to Romans 12. And I want to offer you I'm reading for the message translation, starting at verse 3. I am speaking to you out of a deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourself as people who are bringing all of this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. Mm
1: -hmm. The only
0: accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is. And by what God does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Verse four, in this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of this body, but as a chopped off finger, or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we're not. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. So back to my question. All things considered, knowing that we were all created to work together, a cut off finger or cut off toe is of no use, right? Without envy or pride or comparison, imagine for a moment that you believed everything that God says about who you are. How would your attitude and your posture and your approach change? Would you pull your shoulders back? Would you lift your head up and lift your chin? Would your voice echo across a room or would you feel it stop, like right here? Would you embrace the risk required in the pursuit? Our choices in life directly reflect what we believe about ourselves, about who we are, and whose we are. A woman that can, who can whisper, "This is who I am." shoulders back chin up to extinguish the lies in her mind is a woman who is awakened to her true self a woman who has nothing to prove is a woman who is free an unapologetic woman is a woman who doesn't suppress her glory lowercase g god gets the big g glory we don't get to touch that, right? Okay, I'm gonna pause on that. <laughs> Raina, what you got? <laughs>
1: well, earlier in the day when I was reading over material, I started crying. I really did because um, in the current season of my life, um, what I heard God tell me was Things I've heard him say to me before. um, You know, things just hit you different in different seasons. Yep. So then he made me on purpose for a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. that I'm loved. Yeah. And Holy Spirit stopped just shy of like me being enough because I can. I love how Holy Spirit loves me because I can take that mantle on of like being enough and thinking like I'm enough on my own. And like, I know it's true before 2020, but I know definitely since 2020, I couldn't have gone through any of these past few months. I can't believe it's already three years um without God yeah so um it was it was yeah
0: I cried a lot in the car (laughs) well and it's crazy that you would say that because um I was wrapping up a bible study yesterday with a group of women that was all about learning to hear the voice of God and knowing that he hears you um Mm -hmm. and that was the sentiment across the group was to know that he loves me like loves me like i'm gonna cry i was gonna say like insert the swv i get so weak in the knees <laughs> all i saw were coco's nails i was gonna say it's totally not gospel but it is what it is <laughs> right but There's it, so much 90s R&B that preaches, though. Right. But his, that's how his love is. It's yeah. so precious and so tender that years ago, there was an Israel Houghton song called I Am a Friend of God. And, it used to, and the opening line was, who am I that you are mindful of me? And the song comes straight out of scripture. Who am I that you're mindful of me? Right. And to know that like he created us with himself in mind to literally carry out himself on the earth.
1: Yeah. And that's the, when I was about to get tripped up in the being enough part, Holy Spirit flipped it and said, you're equipped where you are and what you're doing in life. I've equipped you for this. And, um, yeah, I'm in a particularly difficult season, but like, I know that ultimately this is all going to work out in a way where God gets glory, big G. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to be good. It doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah. So I have
1: to remind myself of that, of like, the outcome may not look like what I want it to look like on this side of heaven, but I have to trust that his, I just go back to scripture. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And like, ultimately, it's going to work out the way he wanted to work out.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, that's the beauty of his invitation to us awakening to ourselves
1: Mm. and
0: awakening to the truth of his word. And literally, uh, like, the the fact that this section is called Awaken and Arise, like, you would think that it's this, like, cheerleader, like, rah, rah, (laughs) woman, rise up, right? But it's not. It's an invitation to, like, awake, oh, sleeper right, or Mm -hmm. awake my soul where it has been lulled. One of the studies I was um, doing through the book of Galatians, which if you ever want to do a really deep scripture by scripture study of Galatians, find the Jada Edwards, um, beautiful word study on Galatians because she takes you through not just the scripture, but she takes you through the scripture and helps you to recognize what that looks like in modern day terms. She takes you through Paul addressing you know, the churches there and how they were easily lured um, and and swindled and mm. bewitched and and she talks about how we are bewitched in the same regard, but we have to like be willing to see what modern day terms look like that would uh what was that? oh it's
1: real it's real easy to read the bible and judge yeah. especially with the old testament stuff you're like how could they and why would they and not not having our eyes open to like modern idolatry yeah what that looks like um it's especially dangerous i think in the church because the The Western church, at least, really idolizes and worships the idea of marriage and having kids, and it's really, really yes. easy for people to put their marriage on a pedestal or their spouse on a pedestal or their kids on a pedestal, and when any of those things gets rocky or shaky, if our identity is all tied up in that and yeah. not in God... That can get real uncomfortable real quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember the word that she used. Um oh and what was her last name? Jada Edwards. Um, and it's this her study on Galatians. It I'm I've wondering. done a study on Galatians
1: before. I don't remember who it was because it's like one of those series where it's for you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ephesians for you, Galatians for you. And I don't remember who did the Galatians study, and I love I, I love Galatians. But I would, I would also like to see somebody else's perspective, especially if it's a lot of modern day application.
0: Yeah, because it was in Galatians 3 where Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? And she was like, they were they were bewitched. And she's like, most of us are not going to think that we were bewitched. But let's just talk about how we are easily lured by influencers. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, then. So. Um, but I share that because if we're not willing to be honest, where we have been lured away from our identity in an effort to know ourselves, because we've followed, you know, somebody of, of some high rank status, some best selling book, some mm-hmm. podcast, you name it. All the things that we have access to to tell us who we are and uncover the truth of our identity, we can easily lose our identity because so and so said this is how we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Oh no,
1: it's it's real. It's real. Um, it's very akin to like horoscopes and what is that called? Zodiac signs. where it's like, this is what, what this says about me. And that's it. And, um, like, I know there's personality tests and things that can give you some insight, but ultimately who gets to say who I am is is the one who created me. And when, when Holy Spirit was telling me that I was equipped for the season, I didn't like what I heard. (laughs) Holy Spirit was like, I have equipped you to do hard and scary things. And I was like, I don't want to do hard and scary things, but it was really funny because it was really clear what, what God was saying was in, in this climate, in this culture that we live in, we think of being equipped to do something that might be scary. It's what you were just saying, like, Oh, I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be on a stage. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to have a podcast, whatever those things are that, you know, our society and culture, like Laura's, Laura's, lure lures us into, Lord. um, even, even within, within the faith communities. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, God was like, you're, you're, you're raising kids. You work full time as a teacher, raising other people's kids. Like that's scary. That's big. That's a big right. assignment. Right. And I was like, you know what? I do do big and scary things and I don't have to, it's crazy how much my soul and spirit have settled since we've been friends all these years. I was just telling somebody of how I was constantly looking to other people to be like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be this. And overlooking the fact that I had an assignment I'm raising my kid at the time, just the one I'm working full time. I'm trying to build a marriage. I'm trying to, um, stay clean and sane (laughs) and I'm really trying to solidify and build on a relationship with God. And yo, that was more than enough, but it wasn't until, um, I think I was like 35. And once I got to a place with God, where I really knew who I was, and a lot of it was with racial identity and ethnic identity issues. Around 35, I was like, "Solid. This is who I am. This is who he made me." Since then, oh my gosh, it's almost 10 years. I'm about to be 45. For like the last 10 years, it's been this really beautiful journey of, like, that seems interesting, but now I'm good. Mm. In part, part I think for some people, especially when I think of. Like um, within the Revelation Wells community, it definitely looks like I've disengaged, but that is like a healthy disengagement for me because early on, when I first got involved with Revelation Wells, I wanted to do all the things and be all the places and not necessarily like be seen and um, especially with social media like that, but like to find value and worth where that's not where my value or worth comes from. Yeah. So
0: I really respect
1: the question that that you started with, which was what if you really believed God? Because it changes everything. When he says, this is who you are, everything.
0: It changes everything because a couple years ago, the Holy Spirit started talking to me about, um, the message of live sent, to Mm. go knowing that you were sent where you went, right? To know that he, whether he sent you to just be there, or he sent you on assignment, right? Sometimes Mm. when we go where he sends us, we're not, there's not a project to perform. There's not a wall to rebuild. Like we're not always Nehemiah, like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. sometimes
0: you're not you know what I mean and sometimes it's just to sit at his feet like to literally be sent to then go and sit at his feet
1: I think that ties in beautifully with the awake and arise because like you were saying it's not necessarily this rah-rah but it's yeah like to awake and arise and see yeah and a lot of that starts with sitting at God's feet
0: Yeah. Um, So she goes on to say in the study, um, it's easier said than done, but it is always worth the pursuit. Um, So as we move forward throughout today or other days, and as we face new challenges and lies get louder, we have to be willing to go back to the simple question, Lord, who do you say I am? And I'll tell you, just to borrow from my Bible study last night, that was one of the challenges that one of the girls in our Bible study gave to us that she got from a different devotional. Um, And the devotional challenge was about, and coincidentally, she was reading out of Romans 12. And the challenge was a journal prompt to sit down and write out a blessing dump With with the prompt of, Lord, who do you say I am? How have you wired me? How have you gifted me? What are some of my unique uh, physical traits? What are some of my characteristic traits that you've you fashioned me in my mother's womb? You knit me together. I am literally a miracle walking the earth. And you breathe life into me. Who do you say I am? And then sit and listen to see what he says, who you are. Because if we genuinely believed it, for me, I don't know about everybody else. I can't speak for everybody else, but that that scares me. It scares me because there have been times I've sat with him and he said things to me that like full out ugly cry without even considering, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like it just, you know what I mean? Comes out <laughs> and I'm like, but they're not going to like me if I walk around like that. To which he kindly replied, Do you care more about whether or not they like you (laughs) or that you're walking in the fullness of who I've called you to be? And like it says in Romans 12, it's not, I mean, like if we all walked around believing the truth, then I would see you in your fullness and be amped up, like, oh, look at her, right? As opposed to seeing you in your fullness. And then all of a sudden, feeling,
1: feeling some kind
0: of way. Some kind of way, like today. So today I went and took a Zumba class, and it's been a minute since I've taken like a really good Zumba class. Like, like Zumba used to be. There's, yeah. no, there's no knock to anybody, but like, there's a certain formula of a Zumba class. That like, yes, that lights my soul, man. <laughs> like the original formula, right? And I went to take this class and I should have known when I walked in the gym, when I heard the music thumping through the walls and the, the room where the class was, the door was closed, but I could feel the that salsa rhythm, I, could, I mm-hmm. could feel it. And I walked in and immediately knew this is gonna be good. So after the class was over, I went and introduce myself to the instructor And we just kind of talked about, I I thanked him for just it feeling like Zumba. It didn't feel like a pop class. It didn't feel like a hip hop class. It didn't feel like a line dance class. It didn't feel like a reggaeton class. It didn't feel like only cumbia or only, it was just this mashup of all these rhythms. There was even a, um, what's the song that says, bring them out, bring them out. (laughs) That song was in there. So I was like, oh. I got, there's a little bit the you know what I mean, but (laughs) (laughs) um, it was such a good mix of music. And I thanked him and I said to him, um, like, thank you for reminding me why I love Zumba. And he, like, he touched his heart and he said, well, I just have to be honest with you. He said, I sometimes will go and take other instructors' classes to remind myself when I start feeling my tank kind of get really, really low, I go... And, and take a class from an instructor that I know is really talented and is gifted at what they do, so that I can be filled back up. And he mm-hmm. was like, because I found myself just taking every class, thinking that that was gonna, that was gonna do it. And he said, but I started like, building up a grudge against the other instructors of like, how are they packing a class and I'm and like the comparison and the lies, right? <laughs> And it just was like, in the moment, I was like, wow, what other areas of my life have I done that, that I've I've sat and watched everybody doing all their things, and I'm slowly tanking out, right, as opposed to being filled up, I'm tanking out because I am literally drained By the chaos and the noise and the performing and the this and the that and instead like letting God show me where I can grow and who I can sit under to be filled up Um, and then it was a check in my own spirit of like judging people is really draining. Let's just be honest. If you spend so much time that you're like what do they think they're doing it's like your energy is like whoo, slowly like a like a helium balloon slowly losing its juice. Um, so the Holy Spirit checked me and was like well, you got exhausted because you were using your energy in all the other places. Um, okay, so a couple of quick questions that I want to pose to you. Uh, First a declaration and then a couple of questions um, that can even be your homework. I'm actually going to come back into the Facebook feed and drop these questions uh, for you to circle back to. Um, So the first declaration is um, this is who I am. I have nothing to prove unapologetically. I love this declaration because of the um, mission of Momentum Focus. Focus is finish our commitments unapologetically stronger. So this speaks to that. This is who I am, nothing to prove, unapologetically. So that's your declaration for tonight. Um, And then I want you to consider when you hear that statement, what are some of the thoughts that stir up from that right what are some of the thoughts that stir up from the declaration of this is who i am what are some of the thoughts on what we've talked about tonight like be willing to admit that because if you if you stuff it down and say well i feel what i feel it is what it is we don't mm-hmm. grow we don't get better um all right now here are the questions I'm going to read them through and then I'm going to let, we'll discuss one in the the time that we have left. Okay, so first question, imagine for a moment, this is what we started with, you believed everything God says about who you are, how would your attitude, posture, and approach change? Our next question, um, many women have wrestled with the tension of being confident because it can be perceived as self-centeredness. So what's your experience or beliefs about this? What's your experience and beliefs about the tension of being confident? Your next question, what do you need to let go of or believe in order for you to stand in who you are unapologetically? What do you need to let go of or believe in order for you to stand in who you are unapologetically? How do you practically remind yourself about the identity that God has spoken over you? Some of us have have it written down or a tattoo, or you wear a piece of jewelry, I wear this anchor necklace. What is it for you? How do you practically remind yourself more than just like I take every thought captive like yeah, but then what do you do with the thought. How do you replace it. And then the last question, think about who God is his attributes and what he has done for you. How does thinking of this help you understand your true identity more. Thinking about God and his attributes and what he's already done. How does thinking of this help you understand your true identity? All right, Raina, any particular question that jumped out or spoke to you that you want to camp on?
1: For me, I would, I, right now I would say the last one. Just for the reasons that I mentioned, um, at the beginning, um, because even when I was God's enemy. He pursued me. Even when I called him everything but his proper name, he was relentless in loving me. And all the things he did for me before I surrendered is enough to fill a book. And then since I've been walking with him, and not running away um, could fill another book. So that's what he said to me when you're reading all of the different questions, he kept coming back to, I am a really, oh, I am a really kind and loving person.
0: Hmm.
1: And sometimes that opens me up to being hurt but I'm not willing to not be kind (laughs) and I'm not willing to not be loving because that's at the core of who I am. So even when I am hurt in circumstances, God calls me to continue to be kind and loving because of who he is, who he's been to me. And I I know because you've known me for a certain length of time in a certain period of my life, it's hard to believe, but I was like a really angry and mean person.
0: <laughs>
1: and it wouldn't always come through, you know, because at the core I'm a very joyful person, but like it would come through. And you I know you love words, and I don't use words the same way you do, but I would use words as weapons, like the most eloquent knife. And just slice you to pieces. Um, and I don't want any part of that person anymore. So although there's parts of me that want to rise up and be like, you are such a punk. Like, you're going to let that person say and do that? <laughs> and then, like, the the parts of me that have been been redeemed and healed, it's just like, I don't want to go back to that. So I'm going to still be loving and I'm going to be kind, even if what I give out is not only not returned, but if it's just like spit on and yeah, like I really needed to say that out loud. I'm a loving and kind person and I'm not changing for anybody.
0: Listen, I am right there with you because to your, to your point, You know me as a kind, joyful person. (laughs) I haven't always been her. Now, like as a kid, I was probably really kind and as a kid I was kind and shy. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning that the shyness is not my, it's, it's not who I really am. That was my way of like not adding to the noise and the chaos in our house. Coping mechanism. Right. And it was I was listening to an interview with Cece Winans the other day. Um, It was Cece Winans and Hoda Kotb on the Today Show, and one of them talked about um, shyness um, as as a defense mechanism of not adding to noise. And so Cece Winans was saying she was the only girl in a family full of boys. And they were loud. So she just stayed quiet. And so Hoda's response was a quote that she read that I think she said it was Maya Angelou that says, she is not shy. She has been quieted. Mm -hmm. And that's right. I'm telling you, I sat in that and I journaled about it because a couple of months ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, do you want to talk about why you get upset when people call you kind Mm. people are like oh you're so kind and I told him I said because it feels like the does it feel like an insult it feels like an insult it feels like a thumbs up like you're so kind like a cheesy like you didn't put any thought in how you (laughs) could honor me and instead instead you said I'm kind because you were offended by how I loved you But you couldn't receive me. So you just threw out a platitude. And I'm telling you, like the platitudes were hitting my heart. And I finally was like, God, I'm sick of people saying to me, you're so sweet. And you're so kind. And he said to me, but do you realize that those are my character traits? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He said, I'm kind, and I'm sweet. Right? And he was like, you were created in my image. And when they can't receive your kindness it, it, to the degree that you've given it to them and they just say, oh, you're so kind. They don't know what to do what you've given them. They don't know what to do with it. And he said, so it's not that they're intending to offend you, right? He said, you've gotten offended because you're expecting more of them. And he was like, that's not their responsibility to affirm your affection towards them. They don't know how to receive what you've given them. And so it was this whole conversation mm-hmm. with me and him that was back to the, she's not shy, she's been quieted. He was like, kind is the only word they know. They don't know the emotion that they felt the way you loved them. So they've just marked it as kind. No, that's real
1: because I've been working with my therapist for a couple of years now. And every once in a while, she'll refer to the emotion wheel. And like on the outside are the words that we use, right? Like angry, sad, kind. And then when you go into the wheel, there's like five to seven things Yeah. that I guess like a thesaurus, SAT words but yeah. words matter. And the words have more weight to them when you come in to the circle. Yeah. And those are, are, words that most people, I mean, aren't raised with expressing their feelings. They can't name feelings deeply. It's just good or bad.
0: Well, and I'll tell you like, it, Literally, it was a bad feeling being in the South, and not having been raised in the South and having to learn some of the colloquialisms of the Southern language and vernacular of when somebody says, Oh, bless your heart. They don't really mean they're blessing your heart, right? So when somebody says to me, Oh, you're so kind, in my thoughts, it's, Oh, they just blessed my heart. You know what I mean? Like so. So I've had to like take these things to God, and it, I think sometimes He laughs at me of like, here you go again with the words, because because I love. Words words.
1: matter, though. Words matter. They
0: carry much like you said, yeah, like much like you said, in my earlier years pre Jesus, I could write a sonnet and cut you into little teeny tiny pieces and walk away with a smile on my face. Because I've served. And it was a bonus. And it was a bonus.
1: Yeah. I know like, these
0: words that confused you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bonus. Right. If I stunned you, if I stumped you, that you're like, I don't even know what you just said to me, but I know you cut me because it stings. And I'm like, yes, I did. How about I'll see you later? <laughs> Love ya. Like, you know what I mean? With like <laughs> all kinds of grit, right? <laughs> zero virtue. All kinds of grit, zero virtue. Zero <laughs> virtue, but and so that's like I think that's why I was listening to a song and I can't remember what the song was, but it said, "May you find that the thing that should have taken you out is the thing that now grounds you." Mm,
1: listen, I can testify to that right now. That the thing that was like a grenade in my life. Although my life will never be the same, I'm really grateful that my life will never be the same. Yeah, because I came out, or I'm coming out. I'm still in it, right? I'm still in it, but I, I'm I'm coming out of it. I know myself so much better. Mm. I know what I can and cannot uh, abide, and I know. To the depths of my being, I'm a loving and kind person. And now to the outside world, they might even say like, you're kind of a punk. Um, it's okay. Cause really it's none of their business, right? This is a, this is a me and God thing that I'm walking out and it's, it's, it's awesome. It sucks. It hurts, but it's also like super cool at the same time. And that's how I know God is in it. Yeah. That's how I know
0: God is in it. Because if it it
1: was all Rena, it would just suck.
0: Yeah, yeah. I literally just told somebody the other day, like that old saying of like, it's a wonder I don't look like what I've been through. Because from the outside looking in, there are people that are like, what? I would have never known. I'm like, because I just refuse to walk around with my, disappointment and upset and anger and frustration and uncertainty. I refuse to walk around with that as my outfit. Well, I think a big part of it, Amiya, is you were saying that, like
1: how, how draining judging people is like living in the pit. Yeah. And that is draining. Like I told God, I made a deal. I was like, all right, I got two or three days to be in my feelings look depressed to my to my kids because I'm not going to do it at school because I can't hello yeah. but you know like I'm gonna do my my um what is it I always think of a potato sack
0: the sackcloth and ashes <laughs> <laughs> yep right it's burlap this uh, burlap,
1: burlap 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 I was like all right lord I'm gonna take like two to three days starting this weekend I'm gonna get some burlap burlap and I'm gonna just I'm going to mope about, I'm going to cry as I need to cry. I'm going to call out your name. And then I'm going to take a really long, hot shower, end it with a good minute of freezing cold water and let's go. And one of the things that I've really gained through therapy, because what brought me to therapy was a lot of loss and grief and not knowing how to live in it. Which was, I give give myself permission now. Like when the feelings come, you feel them. If you have to cry, you cry. And then you keep living because pushing away the grief, that doesn't work. So honoring what I feel, feeling it, and then living. Because again, at my core, I'm a joyful person. So I want to acknowledge the feelings, but not stay in them.
0: Amen amen all right on that note i'm going to read this prayer over us and then we will close up Um, all right so it says lord you have chosen appointed and established us teach us how to live freely to make decisions based on our true identity and not our wavering feelings help us see what you see so that we may align to your will for our lives Although our flesh may tremble, we choose to walk confidently into new territories. Go before us, God, and guide our every step. Awake all that is within us. Empowered, we rise by your by your might and your power for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, that's it for tonight's discussion like i said we intend to come back with three more discussions the goal is to host one per quarter um so our next one will be we did this one later in the quarter but our next one will be june um and then we'll circle back around august september once school gets started and then we'll wrap up the year um in late november early december before the crazy of the holidays roll around. And I can't remember the topics off the top, I don't have them in front of me, but all of them fall within the framework of no empty words, um, helping you to lead with grace, get a little grit, wrap things up, walk away from every situation with gratitude, knowing that God is for you, not against you. So until the next time we all get to chat again, um stay with us either here on social media youtube instagram facebook as well as um, the podcast which can be found on spotify as well as apple podcasts so um, i pray that this helps you adjust your focus and i pray that until we get to chat again that you would be well and live free y'all be blessed and take care